Well, that was kind of a cute video, wasn't it? Just made you feel, didn't it make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside? And didn't you experience it just like that when you were a kid? If you did, you were very blessed. Ours was more like Christmas Vacation. You ever seen that movie? That would have been more like our experience when I was growing up. You know, one of the things that we didn't do when I was growing up, and I, was, I grew up in church, but we didn't, I didn't even know what Advent was. So um, when we came upon Advent, a few years ago, I think uh, we did it uh, at New Break. And so they were, they were throwing that term around. I'm like, Advent, oh, okay. I mean, I kind of knew what it was, but not really. I had never really experienced or practiced it. So we're going to be, for the next four weeks, we are going to be in Advent. And so this is going to be kind of an adventure together. We're going to explore together what Advent is all about. So let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, it was actually, it started like in about 1839 in Germany. Uh, and it was, a, it was a man who was teaching a Sunday school class, and he was just trying to think, how can we talk about what this season of Christmas really means? Uh, and so he got some ideas about how to do that, and it was, it was about this Advent season, and he broke it down into, as you can see up here, into hope, peace, joy, and love, and he actually did it by, by way of candles. And so the very first candle that, uh, that represented uh, hope, which is what we're going to talk about today, was this purple candle. Um, we can't light candles in here because it's just against the policy of the school, but you know, just, just look at it for a minute and try to imagine that we, we just lit that candle right there. Um, yeah, so, so uh, today we're going to focus on that aspect of, of Advent, on, on, on hope. So let me ask you the question, what are you hoping for this Christmas? Isn't it interesting um, how we experience Christmas as children and then how we experience it as adults? And it, 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 to me, anyway, it, it feels pretty different. Because I, I just remember growing up as a kid that Christmas was, I mean, I just couldn't wait for it. Just, it just seemed like it just couldn't come soon enough. And it was, you know, it was about all those gifts, and it was about, Dad, can I have a bicycle? And it was about um, all the candy and getting out of school for a couple of weeks and all the fun parts of it. And I just, like, Christmas was everything. And then, um, you know, you experience it as an adult, and especially then if you have kids. And sometimes it's glorious. Sometimes it's like that video that we just saw, and it's just so beautiful. And then sometimes it's not so glorious. And, and, and so one of the things that, that we're hoping to do today uh, whatever's going on in your life right now is, is to give you some hope, that you, you walk out of here with a little bit of hope today. So good question. Now, what, what are you hoping for Christmas in this particular season? And today we're going to jump into the book of Romans chapter 8. Now, I know for some of you Bible scholars out there, you're thinking, um, Steve, excuse me, but Christmas is not found in the book of Romans. You would be wrong. Today we're going to go to chapter 8 of Romans and we're going to find Christmas in the book of Romans, because Romans chapter 8 is all about hope, and Christmas is about hope. So, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be using the New Living Translation, just because I like the way that it reads here. Uh, Romans, written by the Apostle Paul to the Romans, beginning with um, verse 18. Oops, I'm in the wrong book. There we go. Yet, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will give us later. That, that's, that's comforting, isn't it? You come in here this morning, you go, I'm kind of doing a little bit of suffering right now. And he goes, guess what? 
it's going to get better. Things are going to get better. He says, for, for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God re- will reveal who his children really are. Against his will, everything on earth was subjected to God's curse. Um, let me bring some clarification to that, because that might kind of stun you for a second. You say, wait a minute. Against it, I mean, God's curse? Everything on earth was subjected to God's curse? How did that happen, and why would God do that? Actually, it wasn't God's curse. It was what we did that invoked that response. You'll remember, if you go back to the creation story, shortly thereafter, there was a thing called the fall. And it was man's rejection of God. And from that day forward until this day today, the curse is man saying, I'm not doing it your way. I'm living life on my terms. I'm going to do my own thing. And so all of the problems and all the evils and everything that we see in the world today are about that. So it's just an acknowledgement that, yeah, there is a, the curse of man's rebellion against God. It says, um, all creation anticipates the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from the pain and the suffering. We too wait anxiously for the day when God will give us our full rights as his children, including the new bodies that he has promised to us. Man, I especially like that part. I mean, anybody who's, if you're 40 years old, you're beginning to feel this thing called aging. And uh, if you're, you know, 50 or 60, I'm in my sixth decade of my life, you feel it more and more, aches and pains. And and I just look at this and I go, I get a brand new body one day? That is so cool. I'll surf better than ever. Now, now that we are saved, we eagerly look forward to his freedom. For if you already have something, you don't need to hope for it, but if we look forward to something that we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. So what are you hoping for this Christmas? What are you hoping for this, this Christmas? Well, how about this? I, this is a good place to start in light of what we just read, that we would exchange our hard times for our, our good times. Uh, and, and it says, I consider that our present suffering, so whatever is going on in your life right now, that's, that's what's going on, is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. So whatever is going on right now, we have the hope that it's going to get much, much better. This kind of reminds me, wouldn't it be cool if we could just say, okay, everything that happened in, in 2019 so far, I'm going to take all of my bad times. I mean, I lost my job. I got a pink slip. You know, things didn't go well financially. My, my kid's not behaving very well. Uh, they didn't get good grades. Uh, you know, on and on. My boss is a jerk. Yeah, on and on. Just, it was a hard time. You know, we just went through some really difficult times this year. And so you just walk up to the redemption center, right? And you go, here you go, and just throw it down there. You go, all my hard times. Now give me some good times. You know, give me, give me good finances this year, good health this year. Children all get A's this year. Just, I, just can, you, can you please give me some good times for all the hard times that I went through this year? And see, this is really the promise of hope that we find in, in uh, Romans chapter, chapter 8, that our pain is temporary temporary. You know, when you're in pain, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, financial pain, whatever kind of pain you're in, um, and people have different pain tolerances, you just want to get out of pain, don't you? You're like, this this hurts. I I don't like this. I want to get out of this. I am not just this last year and not the year before, but for the last three years, 
my wife and I have been experiencing a kind of pain in our life. Now, it should have, you know, my, my dad passed away about uh, three years ago. And my mom had passed away a few years before that. Uh, and, and so they left us something, left us a beautiful home in the Bay Area uh, with a living trust, my two sisters and myself. And so that should be good news, not that my dad passed away, but then the aftermath of it, right? So I was like, well, okay, we're going we're gonna to sell that house, and that's going to be a great blessing to us. And little did we know that it would turn into really like one of the biggest nightmares of our life. And, and so for the last three years, and a lot of you who know us personally know the struggle that we've been through, and it's, it's, it's just been difficult. I don't want to get all the detail about it, but uh, my wife had to step back from a lot of the work. She, she's a real estate agent, and so she had to step back from a lot of that. That really hurt us financially because she no longer worked for the church. Uh, and then there was all this relational struggle with my siblings, unbelievable relational struggle, um, and, and that's just a whole different story. And so like three years of just life not being very fun, just really, really being difficult on a, on a lot of levels. And so just a couple of weeks ago, finally, um, the house sold that went through escrow, and, and uh, it's kind of like right now, it's kind of like the heavens are beginning to part. And for the first time in a long time, my wife are, are going, you know what, life is starting to look a lot better right now. But it, it, it's this thing, my pain is, is temporary. Now, you might ask the question, why? Why pain? Why, why does that happen? So, Paul, actually, in the, cha- the fifth chapter of Romans, he actually gives us an answer. It's one of the answers. It's not all the answer, but it's part of the answer. And, and so he says in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Really? Really, Paul? Does anybody glory in their sufferings? You ever wake up one morning and go, man, I'm suffering so bad, praise God. I'm just so glad that I'm suffering. No! We don't like, nobody wants to suffer, but there can be, and many times there is, purpose in the suffering. And this is it right here. He says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Like God's doing something in us, and and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. There's purpose in the suffering. Now, if, there's, if, this, if the purpose is going to be worked out the way God wants it to, you have to suffer the right way. And, and what I mean by that is, like if we get all bent out of shape and we get, get all ticked off at God and, and we just go, well, you know, and then we start acting out and get reckless with our life, well, that's not accomplishing the purposes of God. But as, as people of God, if, if, if you have a relationship with Jesus, we say, look it, I know God is good. I know that there's something on the other side of this. So I'm going to suffer, and hopefully I suffer okay. And when God gets me through this, on the other side of this, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be better. I'm going to have more character. I'm going to have more patience. Because I can tell you, that is something that God has worked out in my life through what I've just been through, my wife and myself. I can speak for both of us. I am not a patient man. So God, the last three years, said, Steve, I'm going to teach you some patience. I don't like that. But I've learned a lot, and God has done some pretty cool stuff in my life as a result of that. And if I, I say that as, as just kind of throw a lifeline of hope out to somebody here. And you're in a season of suffering of some kind. Maybe it's way different than what I described to you about what we were going through. 
But, but I want you just, to, just for a moment to contemplate, could it be that God is trying to do something in my life? And I, I guess the question is, how are you acting? How are you responding to that? And do you, can you see that it's, it's just temporary in, in your life? Do I believe that, that relief is actually coming? He says in, in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 9, let me give you some context really, really quick here. Isaiah was the prophet that was writing uh, during the history of Israel when it was a really difficult time. They were being conquered by the Assyrians, and just after the Assyrians, it would be uh, another kingdom would come along. And basically what was happening is, is Israel was misbehaving. Uh, and, and so they were suffering. I mean, they were really, really suffering. And Isaiah says this in chapter 59, verse 9, and he's, described, he's, he's speaking for himself and for his people, and he says, We look for light, but all is darkness for brightness. It's just dark everywhere. But, but then he says this, But we walk in deep shadows. We walk in deep shadows. And so as I was reading that, and I just mulled it over many, many times in my mind, I thought, walking in deep shadow, what does that mean? Well, most of us realize you can't have a shadow without some light. And so he's saying, it just seems like we're in darkness. Just utter, it just seems like there's no light whatsoever. But he says, but we're actually walking in shadows. Sometimes that's what our life looks like. We're walking in shadows. It's like... If, if, if somebody asks us what's going on right now, we go, it's just dark. There's just no, it just seems like there's no hope. There's, there's nothing good going on right now. But if we have Jesus in our life, what's really going on is we're walking in the shadows because God says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never abandon us. He'll always be with us. So it might be dark right now. Here's the hope. If it's really hurting right now, you're in the shadows. But one day, hopefully soon, you're going to come out of, of the shadows so we want to trade our, our hard times in for good times, but they also just, how about all the, the burdens that we carry in our life? And, and, and that's different for each one of us. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to just go, hey, I just, I just want to just be released from these, these burdens. Remember Jesus said, my burden is light. Sometimes we're like, seriously, Jesus? Um, Romans 8.21 says that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom, just imagine it, and glory of the children of God. Freedom from my, my burdens. Well, what are those burdens for you? As, you? as you came in today, what is it that you're carrying? And you say, I, I'd, like to, I'd really like to be set free from this. And maybe it's a financial burden, or maybe it's a physical burden, maybe it's a relational burden, maybe it has something to do with your work, with your career, um, maybe it's just this, just funky place that you're kind of stuck in right now and you're depressed and you don't know why you're depressed but you're like i I just i just want to be set free from this this thing that's going on in my life right now in this 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 messy world so here's here's one way to look at this and don't we all sometimes look you you watch the news and you hear all this crazy stuff that's going on in the media and you look around, you hear about the wars and everything, and you're like, ah, it's just a mess. I just want to be set free from the mess. But have you ever considered this, because I certainly did, that I'm a part of the mess? That I see, I'm a broken person, just like you're a broken person. We all are. Nobody has it all together. And so, because we're all a bunch of messy people, it's easy for us to just go, yeah, that messy world out there. 
and not take a, a slice of responsibility and say, well, maybe I'm a little part of that mess, you know. And say, you say, whoa, 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 so why, what's, what's good about that? Well, because that helps us to be people of grace. See, the Bible says that Christians will be defined by our love. By this shall all men know that you are my followers, by, by your love, right? And, and one of the greatest parts of love is grace. And so what that means, in this Christmas season, when somebody's trying to take your parking spot, and in this Christmas season, when maybe somebody's not nice behind the counter, and in this Christmas season, when you're just really ticked off because your finances are not working out the way you want them to, maybe that you would have a little more grace for everybody else that's struggling just like you are. And maybe that we would be forgiving, than more forgiving, in fact, than everybody else, because that's what grace is. Grace says, okay, you know, you were mean to me, or you, you did something to me, um, but grace says, you know, you're human just like me. Maybe you're having a bad day. It's okay. And then also I would forgive myself. Give grace to myself. Maybe that'll help in, in this season. This, yeah, we're, we all agree. Man, this, this world is messed up. There's no doubt about it. We could talk about that for hours. But to say, God, in this messy world, and I'm a little bit of the mess too, help me to be a person of grace and help me to forgive them, and even more so, help me to forgive myself. And if you'll do that, you'll feel a lot better. As a matter of fact, you'll, you'll have a lot more hope. Romans 8, 23 says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. Now, I, I, I don't know a lot about childbirth, being a man, but my wife gave birth to three of our children, and I watched her give birth to those children, and she looked like she was in a lot of pain. I'm just telling you, man. And I, I mean, I felt terrible for her. And I, I mean, all of you women are looking at me and saying, yeah, right. You have no idea, Steve. You're, you're right. You're right. I mean, I watch, and my wife has a really, really high tolerance for pain, way better than mine. And I'm watching her just like, ah, just groaning. I'm going, oh, that's, that's terrible. Oh, that's horrible. I mean, it's true. If, if it was up to men to have babies, there would be zero population growth. I, can, I guarantee you right now. And, and, and so Paul, he's talking about this, and he says, the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. There are those times in our life, friends, when we're going through the, well, we're in the shadows, and it's dark, and it doesn't feel good. But here's the hope on the other side of that. The hope is something better is coming. The hope is God is working in, in our life. The hope is that God loves us. I mean, if you don't have God, what do you have? Well, I got my bank account. Good luck on that. I got my health for so long. I've got whatever you think you've got. But man, if you don't have God... God, is, that's, that's hope right there. It's the hope that, that we're talking about, the hope of, of, of Christmas. Life is hard, but there is hope. Life is hard. You know, sometimes I think life being hard has everything in the world to do with what you expect in life. I think it has a lot to do with expectation. Let me ask you this question. What did you expect? I'll tell you what I expected. So, grew up in a 
in a good home, a little dysfunctional like a lot of homes, but uh, my first 12 years were pretty good, and then my, from year 12 to year 25 were awesome, just awesome. Grew, I lived on a ranch, you know, I, I, uh, uh, when I graduated from high school, I had athletic scholarship, I went right into a college that I just loved my college years. It just seemed like everything was going my way. I remember telling my mom one day, she said, when are you going to get married? 25. I got married at 25. I'm just checking off boxes. Everything in my life, I'm like the golden child, just, just every, and, and, and there was this expectation, actually by this time a sense of entitlement, that my life would just be great. And I just expected it to be, I mean, because up to that point it had been. And then at 27 years old, everything changed. At 27 years old, it just hit a wall. And it was more of a, a career thing. Um, I'd been let go from this, this one church I was at. And it's like, oh, okay, let's move on to the next one. And something really, really terrible happened, and I didn't know it. And so my employer decided they didn't like me and put them on my resume. For two years, I'm out there floating around trying to get a position, and it's just not working, and I don't know about this. And so I li- really, I'm in darkness for two years wondering what's wrong with me. And it set off this whole series of events in my life, and I just felt like I wanted to die. I, just, I was just absolutely depressed. So I got over it. You know, it took some years, but I, I got over it. So I had to sort of reassess, like, what are my expectations in life? And what are yours? What did you actually expect? See, I look back at, you know, my 20-something-year-old Steve Bombacci, and I say, Whoa, you were delusional, man. Did you actually think everything was always going to go your way in life? Did you, think, did you actually think that life was always going to be, like you were always going to be on the crest of the, the wave? No. I remember reading a book years ago that had such an, it made such an impression on me. It was called The Road Less Traveled. Anybody ever read that book? Very, very famous book. Scott M. Peck. And I'll never forget the very first sentence of the book. He says this, Life is difficult. But if you know that life is difficult, life won't be so difficult. It's about expectation. Yeah, life is hard, but there's hope. And sometimes I think maybe we just need to step back a little bit and maybe reset as to what we really hope for. I was talking to, I was out surfing with a buddy of mine that I surf with once in a while. He's a, he's a bellhop for uh, Hilton Hotel. And we were laughing about this. He said, um, sometimes people come to San Diego, and of course, he's waiting on these people, and, and, and uh, they'll come from different parts of the country, and it, I guess they expect San Diego to be like, you know, paradise in Hawaii or something. And he said, so a few weeks ago, we had like our first rain. He said, we had people that came and complained to the management because it rained. Those are some really high expectations, Right? Sometimes we just have to think about our expectations, and maybe, maybe that'll help a little bit with hope. And then finally, we have to, we hope energizes us to, to live in the present so that we can anticipate a, a, a better future. Romans 8, 25, 24, 25 says, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. In other words, if the, if the answer's already come, that's not hope. You're like, oh, great, great. The burden's been lifted. I've, I've been delivered. It's all good. But so much of our life, hope means it, it, it's not there yet. Hope means that it, we believe it's coming. 
It's on the other side of whatever is going on in our life right now. And that's where trust and faith come in. Say, okay, God, I believe, I believe you're a good God. I believe you're, you're a good God. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Let me, let me, let me throw out something that will help some of you maybe Maybe I caught you and you're in a real difficult, painful situation. And it's something that, that I learned years and years ago in my own faith journey, and, it, and it's this. When you get into serious pain, especially if you are a Christ follower, there's a tendency, especially if it's really serious pain, there's a tendency to say, why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this pain? And we just go, we kind of get stuck in the why. Now, there's nothing wrong with coming at God and saying why. As a matter of fact, there's nothing wrong with even being angry sometimes. Like, God can handle our anger. He can handle our questions. That's okay. But here's where you just might lose hope if you're not careful. You have to get out of the why. And you have to get into the what. Because if you get stuck in the why, you might just walk away from God. But if you, get, if you come to the what, and the what is like, what God would you have me to do now? What God are you trying to do in my life? What God are you trying to teach me at this time in my life right now? It'll, it'll change everything. Now, here's, here's the good thing about that. And there's a lot of good things about coming to the what. You'll begin to understand God in a new way. And God will begin to show you things. And then, you know the why thing that you got stuck on? Some, at some point in time, the why will become evident to you. All those questions you get, why, why, why? Because, I'm again, I, I tell you, I'm in my sixth decade of life, and there are just now some of the whys being answered that happened in the fourth decade of my life. Okay, but you've got to wait for it. God will come around. He'll answer many of your whys. Now, there may be some that never get answered this side of eternity. I'm just saying. But don't get stuck in the why. Move to the what. So I want to end with this. Here is a guy, his name is Simeon, who definitely was, uh, could have been stuck in the why. I want to read this to you. I'm just going to, I'm going to read the whole passage there. And uh, I'm going to read it from a different translation. Luke chapter... Um, beginning with verse 25 says now there was a man named Simeon who lived in Jerusalem and he was a righteous man and he was very devout and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he eagerly expected the Messiah to come and rescue Israel so this is this is actually going to be a little post Christmas here the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah and that day the Spirit led him to the temple and so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, now, you know, he's a very, very old guy. We don't know how old, maybe he was like 90, 100, who knows. All of his life, he's been in waiting. He's been anticipating his whole life. And in this one moment, he says, Lord, and you can visualize him holding little baby Jesus. Now, I can die in peace as you have promised me, I have seen the Savior. All of his life, waiting. And maybe wondering, why? 
Why is Israel suffering? Why am I in waiting? But God came through. And God will always, always come through. So let me say this. What are you putting your hope in? We're talking, we're talking about hope today. Are you putting your hope in your circumstances? Are you putting it in your own ingenuity and intelligence to get yourself out of whatever is going on? Just because you're a super hopeful person? And what is it that you're looking for? What do you think is going to get you out of it? Jesus. 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 It's in a person. You put your hope in a person. And that person came into this world. We call that season Christmas, Advent, hope. So you and I could actually have hope and solutions to our problems. I want to show you something that I think um, it will be a great blessing to you. Uh, I'd like you to participate in Advent with all of us, and I'm, I'm going to do this. And so um, if you want, you can like, take a picture of that. And that'll, uh, it's an Advent journey to Christmas, and every day there'll be something new, and you could do that. You could check that out. That's one of them. Uh, and then here's another one, Discovering Christmas. Uh, same, same kind of thing, day by day. It'll talk about Advent, what it's about. It'll talk about, for instance, this week, hope, and then move on to the other things. And then finally, we actually have some calendars, if you don't want to like, do this. We have some little calendars in the back, and these are really, really cool. You can look at, it starts at day one. It's a, it's a four-week season. Today, December 1st, okay? And uh, you can, every single day, there'll be something for you that'll help you to think about this season and what this season really means, Okay. Again, we have back on the table back there and also at the guest services table, you can take one of those home with you. And I would also want to encourage you to uh, invite your friends in the season. We've got four weeks here, Advent season. Four, four weeks when a lot of your friends, uh, people that you work with, uh, neighbors, whatever, would really, really be open to, to coming to one of our services and getting a little hope in their life. Let's, let's pray. Father, we... Uh, we thank you for hope. We thank you that one day, Lord, when you looked down on the world and you saw a hopeless world, a world full of confusion, evil, people that just didn't know how to love, I didn't know how to get along. And you realize that we just couldn't help ourselves. And so you sent the most precious gift. You sent your son into this world, Jesus be born a baby and to become the hope of the world the hope of our life Lord this, this morning we ask if there's anyone who's come here anyone and they feel hopeless this morning that they would realize that, that hope is a prayer way hope is found in you that there's a, a wonderful community of faith here that would love to help them with whatever they're going through to pray for them walk them through maybe some of the shadows they might be in today, Lord. We ask that if, if there's somebody that has given up on hope, it just, just open up their hearts a little bit this morning and help them to know that whatever pain, that misery that they might be suffering and going through, God, you love them and your desire is to get them through it and to help them. Give somebody the courage to take the next step, Lord. To call upon your name and say, you know, I've trusted a lot of things in this world. I think I'm going to trust Jesus this season. We pray this in Jesus' name.